Ugh. I'm terrible at this. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, that, that's, I think that's fine. I get nervous. You're doing, you're doing great. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, on the technology side, like, tell, tell us about, like, like, what your sort of technical skills are. Sure. So, where do I start? Where, how far? I, let's see. This is a perfect start to our final episode, because where do you even start the conversation we're trying to have today? In this episode, we're going to discuss how we might use technology to simplify the process of finding, enrolling in, and paying for childcare and preschool in Colorado. Seems simple enough, right? The only problem? Our early childhood system is one of the most complex government entities in existence today, and efforts to simplify it have eluded us for at least 100 years. Despair not, though, Colorado. There's hope, and we're going to tell you why. My name's Will Holden, and this is Better Beginnings. Welcome back to Better Beginnings, a four-episode special edition podcast on how to navigate Colorado's complex early childhood system. More importantly, the show is searching for an answer to this question. How do we make this system better? Before we get into this episode, we should mention that this is a serial-style podcast. And this is the finale, so the whole show will make more sense if you go back to the beginning and listen to episodes one through three. Okay, we have to start this episode by going back to our intro. That amazing, affable, honest, humble human you just heard admitting his distaste for interviews is Brian Hyatt. He's a member of our builds team here at Gary Ventures. As we've mentioned, we're an organization in Denver that uses business, policy, and philanthropic tools in an effort to help all Colorado kids and families gain access to opportunity. But what in the world do we mean when we say we have a builds team? We asked the person who runs said team to explain that. Meet Eric Perry. Gary has a strategy where we can grow, build, or change uh, things in service to our community. Uh, the growing is usually funding of an idea that may already exist. Changing is policy work to try to change the uh, and level the playing field uh, for our families. And the building is our specialty in-house, which is uh, creating new products, services, and organizations that can help. Through the years, the Builds team at Gary has created entities like Urban Land Conservancy. It's an innovative land bank working to preserve and create housing and community spaces in historically underserved neighborhoods. By the end of 2020, Urban Land Conservancy had acquired and preserved 34 Denver Metro properties for community-focused projects. Additionally, they'd invested over $140 million in community real estate development and leveraged more than $1 billion in affordable housing, community resources, and nonprofit facility development. The organization continues its mission to this day. They were recently part of a group that bought the Johnson & Wales University campus in East Denver, and they've got big plans for it. More recently, the Builds team created COVIDCheck Colorado. This operation was meant to provide teachers and students access to free, fast, and reliable COVID-19 testing to help schools reopen safely and equitably in the midst of the pandemic. Over time, COVIDCheck's mission has expanded, and it's grown into one of the largest providers of COVID testing and vaccines in Colorado. It would stand to reason that on a team that builds operations like this, you'd probably want a web developer. That's where Brian Hyatt comes in. I've been a, a full-stack web developer or application developer for almost 15 years. That's what I've done since I was about 15 years old is code, and I still love it very much. Nowadays, I spend more of my time um, either managing development teams or kind of working 
on the consulting side in between maybe product development and um, kind of the customer that we're working with or, or sometimes other organizations. Right now, our builds team is working on a very specific early childhood solution with our strategic policy and philanthropy team, which includes Steph Clothier, our director of school readiness. You've heard from Steph at various points throughout this podcast. She's a lawyer, community organizer, and policy expert specializing in the early childhood sector. Steph was part of a broad coalition that has helped pass three recent pieces of legislation in support of transforming how Colorado provides childcare and preschool services. Proposition EE passed in 2020, and it guarantees that every child in Colorado will have access to universal pre-K beginning in 2023 thanks to a nicotine tax. House Bill 1304 paved the way for the state to create the Colorado Department of Early Childhood, a first-of-its-kind centralized system to manage the universal pre-K funding for a sector that's been scattered and fragmented since the dawn of childcare and preschool. That's something we explained in a little more detail in episode one. And just weeks ago, Governor Polis signed House Bill 221295, which established some marching orders for this new department. Those marching orders include the creation of a one-stop shop for all early childhood services, which means you'll be able to go to one place in 2023 to find access to early childhood care and education instead of running all over town doing detective work. The department must also now create a universal application for all early childhood services. This application will match families with funding streams and available providers, provide more hours for families who need them, and take the headache of managing funding streams away from early childhood providers, thus freeing them up to focus on creating quality programs. All of that sounds great, right? And it certainly could be. But as Eric explains, when it comes to the implementation side of our legislative system, things can get messy quickly. Often there's a divide between the policy vision and the practical realities of implementing a system that has to be open and accessible to everyone in the state through multiple channels. So you can say on paper and in legislation and in hearings that a system can and must look like X, but if X isn't actually possible, given the tools you have uh, already built and accessible on the timeline you have, then they stay words on a page and they don't actually serve uh, the, the kids and families they're supposed to. Like Steph, Eric also has a law degree. Before he came to the Gary Ventures team, he was a longtime public school teacher in New Orleans. So he's passionate about solutions that serve kids and families. He also knows universal pre-K will require a universal system. That means a universal place to search for services and a universal application process. In order for all of that to transpire on one platform, it seems clear to all that we're gonna need one hell of a technology solution. So hand in hand with the policy coalition guiding our early childhood work, Eric said, Steph came to our builds team and said this. Hey, let, go look at the tech systems that are already there and uh, help us understand like within a year and on this budget, what's actually possible to do and, and how can we do it in a way that actually honors the great and, and preserves the great parts of a system that is pre-built to some extent and that takes that system and makes it maximally useful and open to the families who need it. This is not a task our builds team is unfamiliar with, as Eric explains. Last fall, we were working on uh, creating a financial aid program for families so that they could access after-school care and enrichment activities for kids. And as we were building what amounted to an online marketplace where families could really quickly navigate to local options that had availability and select them, um, 
like with anything that seems simple in a one sentence description, we were running into all the difficulties and complexities of like, oh, but how does payment work? And how do you make sure that it's it's fraud resistant as a system on both sides so that, you know, families aren't getting defrauded and they also aren't committing fraud, you know, intentionally or unintentionally. And we would often joke as we were going through that, they were like, man, this is like really complicated, but at least we're not dealing with early childhood education because <laughs> that's totally bananas. Um, <laughs> there's like three layers of like public and private. There's like nine different payment mechanisms, like six months later, it turns out, well, actually we are doing early childhood education and we got to reckon with every single one of those layers of, you know, detail and complexity. So where do you start a process like this? Thankfully for us, the guy the Gary Builds team put in charge of this project has actually experienced the problem we're hoping to solve. Brian went through the process of finding preschool for his own son, and the user experience, he says, wasn't great. Going through this process, I've learned even more that I could have gone about it in a much better way if I had known all the things I know now about all the different systems I could have used. Uh, but yeah, I just went to Google and started searching and looking around the neighborhood and asking some parent friends, and you know, it eventually landed on Brown International Elementary School. Uh, but you know, even that process was was rocky because I think I ended up on a we ended up on a wait list. Um, and we didn't find out that we were accepted until the day before school started. So we had to do a mad dash to the doctor to get forms signed, to do a whole bunch of things in a 24 hour period to get in. And people said, it's like winning the lottery once you get into a good preschool that you're happy with, um, because it's, it's kind of challenging to navigate. Aside from that firsthand knowledge, Brian's a much better communicator than he apparently thinks he is. And better yet, he's every bit as sensitive and empathetic as he demonstrated in this episode's introduction. And those are vital skills, Eric says, when it comes to policy implementation. Sometimes I think it's the best, most beautiful part of like, Federalist democracy. And sometimes I think it's the, uh, like the most troubling, scary part is that so, so much of this hinges on the ability of uh, people to just work well with each other. And in Eric's mind, there's a lot riding on how you enter into this work. Even if you think the other person and whoever they're representing may have you know, a lot of opposing interests to yours, to come in assuming the best of them and to make that as clear to them as possible from the start. That's exactly how Eric thinks Brian approached this conversation with the state of Colorado's technology team. There's a way Brian could just barge into a room with tech folks at the state and act like they run a broken system and they're bureaucrats and they don't know what's going on. Or you can do what he actually did, which is to say like, these are folks who have, uh, they're public servants who have an incredibly uh, in-demand skill set. And so um, if you come in with that sense of like, you're actually a good person out to do good work. Um, and you're probably working within a whole host of constraints that we can't even know about until we get into deep conversation with you. I think that really opens a lot of minds and a lot of doors. So long story short, Brian was able to sign a memorandum of understanding to work with the new Department of Early Childhood on implementing Colorado's new universal early childhood technology platform. What that means is that our team at Gary Ventures will not benefit financially in any way, shape, or form as a result of Brian's consulting work with the state of Colorado. With that understanding in hand, our collective teams can now combine resources in a unique public-private partnership with a clear, single motivation, creating a better early childhood system for providers, families, and kids. So, Working in tandem with the new Department of Early Childhood, if Governor Polis's team at the state of Colorado is able to create the perfect universal technology platform for families and providers, what will it actually look like? And how would it improve the process of searching for and providing quality childcare and preschool programs? Brian explains. 
the new department is building a unified system so that there'll just be one place um, as a family where you can go, one URL, sign up, see all of the providers um, geographically that are in your area, filter them down based on your preferences, your family size, um, whatever specific characteristics of your family are important, and then actually apply in that same place and see what um, funding is available, what coverage you can get for that for that slot. So I think the, the most important aspect of it is just it's going to be one place with a modern user experience. That modern user experience doesn't just apply to families either. In episode one, we talked about the complexity of federal and state funding streams that help keep our state's childcare and preschool system running. Without getting into the whole rigmarole again, we asked Don O'Dean for the cliff notes. She's the director of early childhood for Jefferson County Public Schools, and she described just how complicated it is right now for her team to manage all those funding streams in a way that allows administrators and providers the chance to create a quality early childhood program. What's so complex about that is just the accountability around each stream. We really want that not to be a question or a concern for families when they're looking for resources or programs or um, early education access. So we do a lot of work on our end to bring those revenue streams together so that we can provide a quality program. What Don means by accountability is that in order to receive local and federal funds, you have to comply with regulations that are attached to those funds. So, for instance, a federal funding stream might require providers to create a dynamic learning space with art hanging on the walls. But a local funding stream might require an inspection from a fire marshal, who might then explain that the art hanging on the walls is a fire hazard. That's not an imaginary scenario, by the way. That's an actual dilemma that was faced by an early childhood provider in Colorado. As we mentioned, thanks to the recently passed House Bill 221295, one of the charges for the new Department of Early Childhood will be to pull all those public funding streams together at the state level and reconcile all the regulations at the same time. The State Department and the new local coordinators will then blend those funding streams together so that providers will have a much easier time accessing the dollars they need to offer those high-quality programs, as well as a simplified, non-conflicting list of regulations that they need to follow in order to be eligible for that funding. That bill language caught Don's eye. Super excited about the coming together of the new department in that regard and the thoughtfulness around being able to do that before it hits the provider so the provider can really focus on the quality of the programs that we're offering to young families. That will be a game changer. And speaking of game changers, for as complicated as the system is gonna to be to build, Brian says, there's already some test cases for how you do this well. We see some really great movement towards kind of a central unified process um, for families that's a, a 10x upgrade over a lot of the systems that are there. And definitely the team and Gary, we're all looking at what are the best aspects of all those systems that we can pull into um, Colorado's solution. Thankfully for us, one of those promising systems is in our own backyard. Hello, Team Jeffco. It's hard to believe we are only a couple of months away from the end of the school year and what a year it's been. We Welcome to Jefferson County, Colorado, or Jeffco for short. You just heard from Tracy Dorlin, superintendent of Jeffco Public Schools. She's Don's boss. And as we just mentioned, Don's Jeffco's director of early childhood. She broke down her district's demographics for us. Jeffco has a large geographic spread and um, from the mountains and more rural type of school settings 
um, all the way to our boundary with Denver, which is certainly more urban um, and dense, densely populated. A whole range of belief systems and wants and needs and hopes for education and the educational environment. To be specific, Jeffco includes tiny mountain towns without stoplights like Kit Ridge and Indian Hills. It includes farmland and horse stables in places like Arvada and Wheat Ridge. It includes suburban sprawls and many downtowns in Golden and Littleton. And as to the community's diversity of thought, let's just say Jeffco is always in play politically. It's one of the most tightly contested battleground counties in the U.S. year in, year out. In a county that large and diverse, Don says, her team began seeing gaps in the early childhood system. I think uh, probably still some in that we do have some areas that we consider um, early learning and childcare deserts where there just isn't enough capacity to meet the needs of um, families with young children. And when her team started talking to families in the district, they started to come to some important realizations about whether the public school system was in a position to address those childcare gaps on their own. The needs are diverse, could be um, year-round, extended day types of services for our youngest and could just be a couple half days a week need or, or want. And so what's difficult, I think, for any of us as providers of early care and education is being thoughtful about supporting families where their needs are. We want to do what we do really well. And so we have a focused model that we're able to provide that serves many families. That focused model, Don says her public school team is focused on providing, is the sort of part-time, part-year care that our state's universal pre-K system will also provide. As we know from previous episodes, thanks to the passage of Proposition EE, Colorado will offer universal pre-K to all Colorado kids during the year before they enter kindergarten. For families, that means 10 hours of coverage per week during the school year, not over the summer, and only over the course of that one year before your child enters kindergarten. We know most working families need more coverage than that, and many school districts do offer that. Jeffco Public Schools, for instance, offers half-day and full-day preschool programs for both three- and four-year-old children throughout the district. But here's the catch. Most school districts don't offer any sort of coverage for kids younger than three, and there aren't enough slots in most preschools offered by public school districts to cover every three- and four-year-old in their district. Don knows that, and she's very open about it. For example, as a school district, we can't be everything to everyone. And really the only way we can do that is by having this idea of a mixed delivery model and being thoughtful about um, having access to that, regardless of where you live in the county. We work really closely with our Head Start colleagues, for example, who are able to provide a, a longer day with different resources throughout that day for families. It's unique and truly exceptional. And so it's important for us to have um, those kind of community partnerships that we can really serve families and come together on meeting the needs. Programs funded by Head Start are often run by private, community-based providers. And those public-private partnerships, Don says, increase the early childhood care and education coverage Jeffco could offer. But they didn't necessarily increase the visibility or accessibility of these programs. Families were still struggling to find the sort of childcare and preschool programs they wanted when they needed them. And so we really started thinking about how can we best align those opportunities in a more regional access type of way or in where there's specific community demand. 
working with our partners at the county, working with Head Start, working with um, public health, and really being thoughtful about doing the best we can to make that streamline so families have access wherever they are. The kind of coalition Don's describing here, one that combines just about every public entity in the county and also a bevy of partners in the private sector, it's not easy to convene. But Jefferson County did it. A robust group of stakeholders came together in 2019 to devise the Jeffco Bright Futures Roadmap. Folks in the county will be quick to point out that their timing was less than ideal. The pandemic hit shortly after this group came together, and Don said those unfortunate circumstances have prevented this team from accomplishing all the goals they set out for themselves. But there's one goal they did accomplish, and it just might be the type of early prototype that gives way to a broad solution. It's Jeffco's universal early childhood services platform called JeffcoFamiliesColorado.org. Before we dive into the problem this platform endeavors to solve, let's level set first on the problem. What makes the search for childcare and preschool in Colorado so difficult right now? For starters, there's no centralized place to start your search. So there's nowhere you can go right now to identify what all your childcare and preschool options even are, whether they might be school-based, center-based, or home-based. Essentially, you're calling around to a bunch of different providers to find out if they have preschool classrooms, if they have availability, when they have availability, how to get on a wait list, when you're moving up on a wait list, in the past years, um, you had to keep calling back. So if you're at work <laughs> and you're during business hours, business hours of the child care center or school, then you're really having to do that during the time of your business day, which can be a huge challenge and you're likely doing that at multiple locations. And so that alone defers a lot of folks from getting their children into those programs. So how does JeffcoFamiliesColorado.org solve this problem? Don explains. So for families, you can go into this um, database portion of the website, and essentially you could put in a route. Um, you could put in from your home to your work and find out all the providers that are along that route and the information about each of those providers from our Office of Early Childhood. If you are looking for a specific type of program, like a Montessori program, you could use a filter for that. If you have other resources that you're looking for, um, the hours of operation, those kind of things are all filters in the system that you can put in and it will populate the providers that are available to you. Perhaps even better yet, for most care and education providers, there's also information offered on JeffcoFamiliesColorado.org about each provider's tuition rates, whether they have open slots, their quality rating, and a direct contact you can reach out to for more information. Okay, now is an opportune time to return to the family at the center of our story. If you've been with us this whole time, you'll remember Brooke and Worth Bird from episodes one through three. They're expecting their first child on July 1st. It's a boy, by the way. They'll be working parents, and as such, they're hoping to find a childcare solution by November 1st. When we began chatting with the birds on March 1st, they were months into their childcare search, and things weren't looking good. Forget about choice, they couldn't even find any childcare centers that had an opening when they needed it. In episode two, the birds got some good news. We joined them for a tour of Arvada West Kindercare, where they were informed if they were willing to start paying for an open slot come August 1st, they'd be able to send their child to the center on November 1st, which is when Brooke and Worth have to go back to work. That was a big win, 
But now Brooke and Worth are wondering if they're actually going to be able to afford it. The current option for baby boy Bird to attend childcare is going to be more expensive than Brooke and Worth's current mortgage. We spoke to the Birds one last time for this podcast on May 1st, a full two months after our first conversation and several months now into their childcare search. As of that moment, they were holding onto that spot at Kindercare, but they were still on the hunt for any and all childcare options that might better fit their budget. During this May 1st conversation, we found out Brookenworth hadn't heard about JeffcoFamiliesColorado.org, and they even live in Jefferson County. When we told them about the platform, Brooke was amazed. She suspected that all the information this technology platform provides to families in minutes from the comfort of their own homes, the locations, types of providers in the area, tuition rates, information about how many slots they have available, those are all things that Brooke spent months running around town trying to track down. So all you families searching for childcare and preschool out there, If you live in Jefferson County, listen up. JeffcoFamiliesColorado.org is a great place to consider starting your childcare or preschool search. If you live in Larimer County, you have access to a very similar system to Jeffco's. You can find that one at LarimerChildCare.org. If you live in Denver County, there's also a universal early childhood tool available. That tool is offered by the Denver Preschool Program. If you visit their website, which is DPP.org, you'll find a Find a Preschool app that offers a lot of the same functionality as JeffcoFamiliesColorado.org. So if you live in Denver County, you might consider starting your childcare and preschool search here. If you live in El Paso or Teller counties, there's not a technology platform that combines both public and private early childhood care and education options available to you just yet. But the Community Partnership for Child Development does have a tool that allows families to find and enroll in all the county programs that are funded by Head Start and the Colorado Preschool Program. You can find that tool at cpcdheadstart.org. To our knowledge, there aren't any readily discoverable digital tools like these available in any other Colorado county. As mentioned in episode one, the state does currently offer coloradoshines.com as a tool to find information about statewide childcare and preschool centers. And coloradoshines.com does have a search tool on their site that will help you track down some of your local early childhood options and info. But it doesn't include any information on tuition cost, and it rarely includes information on center availability. And we also know it isn't a complete list of all your options, as some early childhood providers haven't opted into this system. So if you're searching for childcare and preschool in 2022, and you happen to live in these counties, you have some options. The good news is, even if you don't live in these areas, help is on the way. The new Department of Early Childhood has been listening to families and providers. And as we were recording this episode, they had just issued a request for a proposal to find a technology company that can build a universal system. One that's not just on par with systems like JeffcoFamiliesColorado.org, but one that might be even better. For instance, Don will tell you one of the limitations of JeffcoFamiliesColorado.org is that families can't apply for childcare or preschool using the platform. And as Brian told us, the state platform is aiming to provide that service for families. So in an ideal world, this new technology platform would be where your search for childcare and preschool in Colorado could both begin and end. But here's the thing. We don't live in an ideal world. And we want to be realistic about that because it's easy to get excited and enthusiastic about a universal platform that doesn't exist yet, especially one that's aiming to simplify our incredibly complex early childhood system. 
But based on the passage of Proposition EE in 2020, House Bill 1304 in 2021, and now House Bill 1295 in 2022, we are seeing continued signs of progress. There's still a lot of work to be done, that's for sure. But there's reason for optimism, as Don explains. It's complex. There's a lot of layers in thinking about all the different resources and types of supports. And again, the different revenue streams that bring those together, that that can be very complex. And so there's some really big wins, I believe, that come out of a universal program or a universal application or access. That doesn't mean that there aren't difficult decisions and systems that need to be set up so that it has that fluidity for families. But I think we're on the right track. And this is a really pivotal point for Colorado to be able to provide that for families. So there you have it, folks. That's our show. We've tried our best to explain how our early childhood system got so wonky and to provide some promising news about how this whole system could change for the better for both families and early childhood providers come 2023. Along the way, we hope that through our conversations with folks like State Senator Brittany Pedersen, we've been able to prove why it's important for families and providers to continue raising their voices to ensure this new system delivers for you. We also hope we've been able to provide families with some tips and tricks about how to navigate this system if you're searching for childcare and preschool right now. But here's the thing. Tips and tricks don't solve systemic problems. And so we want to acknowledge a very salient reality. If you need to find childcare or preschool before this universal system rolls out in 2023, it's tough out there right now. As if there were any doubt, we've just seen how hard it is through the eyes of Brooke and Worth, as they've generally shared their story with us on this podcast. And so we checked in with them one last time just to find out how they were holding up. Well, we have uh, given our deposit to KinderCare, so we know that we um, have a spot, which is a relief. However, it's not exactly what we were looking for. So yes, the the search continues. We are looking for some part-time care. I have a you know a friend who knows a home daycare center here in Nevada, so I'm following up with that to see if they either do part-time or again if there's something that's closer to meeting our budgetary needs, um, that would be really preferable. Overall, this search has been a pretty dispiriting experience for the birds, and it's led to a bevy of tough conversations, including this one. You know, we talk, I mean, we wouldn't, not that it's going to be the determinant of whether we have a second child or not, but I would really not want to do this again. Um, (laughs) I mean, we waited until we were financially stable and until we had careers with benefits to have children and it's this hard with one. So it doesn't make it any easier for planning for a second one. It's not all doom and gloom though. After all, Brooke and Worth are about to have a baby. And as Brooke mentioned, this is an experience she and Worth have dreamed about for years. Being at 31 weeks, I'm at 32 tomorrow, uh, it's starting to get really exciting. So we had our first baby shower about two weeks ago and um, bringing home all the baby gear and finding a place for it and looking at the little clothes makes uh, it seem a lot closer. So things are are getting really exciting. It's getting close and I'm getting nervous. We, we try not to talk about like the actual birthing and labor <laughs> if it's close to bedtime because she gets too worked up. <laughs> He's still hiding from us on the ultrasounds. We don't know what he looks like yet, really. 
He's always got like the the boxer stance. His fists are up by his head. Uh, as far as the, the you know the metrics go, everything looks good from all the tests. He's about the size of a coconut right now, and we are excited to see what he looks like. These are the exciting, heartwarming conversations families should be having. And just in case you're worried about whether the birds will actually be able to make this whole parenting and childcare thing work, I'll say this. I wouldn't doubt them for a second. We will be making it work, and we can make it work. You know, the numbers look good on paper in terms of being able to afford daycare and work and make everything uh, ends meet. I, I know plenty of parents, once they become parents, wonder what they used to spend their money on. So we're gonna have <laughs> we're gonna have that aha moment of um, you know making a few sacrifices, but we are going to absolutely be able to make it work. So it'll just be the adjusting to no sleep. I plan on having a very good baby. <laughs> we're sure you will, Brooke. And here's to hoping that very soon, Colorado delivers you and Worth an early childhood system that makes baby boy bird even better. Gary Ventures is proud to support the Coalition for Better Beginnings and all of those invested in creating a better, more equitable early childhood system for Colorado families and providers. There's a huge list of mighty allies behind this campaign, and we'd be here, like, all day if we were going to give them the recognition they deserve. But we do want to give special thanks to the Colorado Children's Campaign. They've taken a vital leadership role in this coalition. Thanks is also due to the Department of Early Childhood for their willingness to work with Brian, Eric, Steph, and our team. Since we began this show, Lisa Roy has been named the department's executive director, She's coming back to Colorado, where she formerly worked with Denver Public Schools, and with us. Lisa worked with our team to help establish the Denver Preschool Program. That's been such a transformative local solution for kids, families, and providers, and we look forward to seeing what Lisa can do with a statewide position. An additional thanks is due to Colorado's Office of Information and Technology, the Colorado Digital Services Team, and the Office of Early Childhood. Working in conjunction with the new Department of Early Childhood, These are the teams that have their heads down working on the universal technology platform to simplify how we search for and provide childcare and preschool services. They've been an innovative and collaborative team to work with, and we can't thank them enough for inviting us to be part of this process. We also have to continue to thank Clayton Early Learning Center. They're one of the key early childhood service providers here in Denver, and they helped connect us to Brook and Worth for this podcast. Speaking of whom... Thanks enough can never be provided to the birds. They've been so courageous in speaking out about our need for a better early childhood system, and it's our privilege to be able to share their story with you. We know they're going to be amazing parents to baby boy bird, and we wish them the best of luck. Our executive producers on this podcast are Sharice Harris, Mike Johnston, and Steph Clothier. Armand Piku, Diana Harper, Caitlin McMurray, and the incredible team at Center Table edit this podcast, and they do a bang-up job too. Last but not least is Algernon Felice Jr. He's my storytelling partner in crime and our magnanimous producer of all media at Gary Ventures. Literally, none of this happens without him. We want to issue a final thank you to all the families and early childhood providers who listen to this show, and those of you who were too busy to listen because you were out there making the world a better place for our youngest kids. We mean this very literally when we say that you're our heroes. You're the reason we do this work. 
thank you for showing up every day and making Colorado a better place. If you like the podcast, make sure you keep an eye out for our future storytelling work at garycommunity.org. We plan to have new seasons of Better Beginnings available in the coming months and years as the new Department of Early Childhood takes shape. In the meantime, we plan to raise more stories and voices of kids and families, as well as folks working to solve some of the biggest problems facing our state. Until then, reach out if you're interested in venturing with us as we work to continue to leverage our business, policy, and philanthropy tools in pursuit of a better Colorado for all kids and families. Thanks again for listening. And here's to hoping our paths cross again soon.